Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello! Hi, everybody. We have four brilliant contestants. They're backstage right now trying to remember when Cinco de Mayo is. And soon they'll be playing our uh, nerdy fun games, and one of them will be our big winner. Uh, We have two guests on the show. We have Dewanda Wise. And we have Tay Diggs. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Dewanda Wise, she stars in the Netflix series, which is based on Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. Uh, Dewanda Wise actually got into acting because she got in trouble in high school and a high school teacher offered her either detention or to audition for The Music Man. (laughs) Seriously. How lame are your extracurricular activities if they are used as punishments? It's like you have to clean the toilet or edit the literary magazine. (laughs) We're going to confiscate your iPhone or you have to lay out the yearbook, you know? That's how I ended up on this show. (laughs) (laughs) This is your parole? It was this or jail, yeah. (laughs) Also on our show, we have Tay Diggs. Yes. Tay Diggs made his film debut in How Stella Got Her Groove Back. And I don't know if you remember this, but right after that, they had to quarantine Tay because uh, a lot of women got their grooves back. (laughs) And it was dangerous. It was dangerous. It was rough on him. Hey, this weekend is Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Yes. Celebrates the Mexican Army's victory over the French Empire on May 5th, 1862. General Ignacio Zaragoza delivered his famous quote, We gave our lives so one day Jessica from Scarsdale can don a sombrero and drink a margarita at noon. (laughs) Don't you remember his famous other quote? For Jessica, he said, as he led his troops into battle. It worked. He did it. He did it. He did it. All right, everybody, let's play some games. Our first game combines famous thinkers and roast comedy, like Sigmund Freud, who invented the Yo Mama joke. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Julia Kaplan, you work in business development at a podcasting company. Okay, so everyone, of course, is trying to figure out what's the next greatest podcast, what is needed in the podcast world. Yes. As someone who works in business development, what's the answer to that? So I think actually what's really needed in the podcast world is like some trashy reality TV style podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like podcasts are like very cerebral, very like academic in some ways, but like people are really missing out on just that guilty pleasure podcast. Sure, you want to ruin podcasts is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. All right, Julia, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Chris Sear. You're a stand-up comic and writer. Chris, you proposed your wife in an Olive Garden parking lot. I did. Did she say yes? I mean, she's my wife. Okay. I mean, it worked. I mean, it could have been... I don't recommend this course of action, but it worked for me. Yeah. Uh, Did she think it was romantic? No, we... So, we were... I mean, at the time, she didn't tell me it wasn't romantic, but over the last 20 years, she's implied it. (laughs) All right, Chris, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Julie and Chris, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. 
Our show is seven years old, so our first game is about childish insults a seven-year-old might make. It's called Sick Burns from Big Brains. We'll imagine what it would sound like if famous highbrow thinkers delivered lowbrow digs. So ring and identify the person. Here we go. In 17th century physics, who said, your mama's so fat, when she saw an apple fall, she ate it, instead of formulating the law of gravity? Chris. Sir Isaac Newton. That is correct. In anthropology, who said, you're so hairy, I accidentally studied you when I dedicated my life to learning about chimpanzees? Julia. Jane Goodall. Yeah, that's right. It's a sick burn from Jane Goodall. (laughs) And not to devalue her work, but she looks amazing at 85 years old. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, not talking to humans pays off. In cartography, who said... Your face is so distorted, it reminds me of the northern and southern landmasses in my 1569 projection of the world map. Julia. Who is Descartes? That is incorrect. I'm sorry, Chris, do you know the answer? Who is Mercator? Mercator. Gerardus Mercator, that's right. The famous Mercator projection. I don't know how this turned into Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was going to let it pass. It happens all the time, Chris. Don't feel bad. It is. It's because we're doing a name and because it's the only thing you guys watch. I'm just practicing. (laughs) It's fine. Going there next. You're you're going there next. (laughs) In 20th century physics, who said, you're so nasty that I helped create the first digital computers at NASA so humanity could finally get away from you? This work earned me a Presidential Medal of Freedom and a movie called Hidden Figures. Julia. Who is Katherine Johnson? <laughs> I'm going to have to deduct your daily bonus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not even using the right terminology. Daily, daily uh, double, I think it's called. Daily double, see? <laughs> That's how much we don't care about Jeopardy. That's we right. don't even know the terminology. Or we've never even watched the show. I had to stop watching it because everyone kept calling me Ophira Trebek. <laughs> Katherine Johnson is correct. In literature, who said, you're so ugly that I named my 1958 novel after how I felt when I saw you, and the novel is called Things Fall Apart. (laughs) Julia. Who is Chinua Achebe? Sorry, Chinua Achebe. That is correct, Julia, (laughs) yes. I know, now it's just ingrained now. We can't get out of it now. It's a loop. This is your last clue. In political science, who said, you're so immoral, you're unconstitutional? That's why I became the woman most recently appointed to the Supreme Court in 2010. Julia. Alana Kagan. That is correct. (laughs) Julia is in the lead. Great game. Our next game is about songs that sound the same. So this is an audio quiz called Doppelbangers. Every so often, a musician will put out a song that sounds an awful lot like a song that already exists, intentionally or not. So each clue is two songs that sound similar, played back-to-back. Every song you identify is worth one point. And you can tell me the song title or the artist, or both, if you want to show off. And your opponent can steal any points that you don't get. Julia, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Chris, you need to get more points, or you have to listen to my ripoff of Baby Shark about an infant (laughs) who informs on a drug dealer called Baby Narc. (laughs) Here we go. Let's hear your first two clips. Julia. The first song is by Marvin Gaye. The second song is Blurred Lines. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. (laughs) Marvin Gaye, Gotta Give It Up, and Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams with Blurred Lines. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole theme of that is um, using something without consent, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your next pair of songs. They're really rocking in Boston and Pittsburgh, PA. Deep in the heart of Texas and round the Frisco Bay. Chris. That's Chuck Berry and the Beach Boys. That is correct, yes. Chuck Berry, Sweet 16, and the Beach Boys, Surfing USA. That's not just a snippet. That's the entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Berry's name was actually added to Surfing USA song credits in 1966. Get ready to be inspired by these next two clips. Julia. The first song is Madonna, Express Yourself, and the second song is Born This Way by Lady Gaga. Yes and yes. Uh, Madonna supposedly said when she heard it on the radio, that sounds familiar. (laughs) She was right. All right, this is your last pair of songs. Chris. It's I Won't Back Down and Stay With Me. (laughs) (laughs) It's also Tom Petty and not Tom Petty. That's right. You did it, Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down, and Sam Smith, Stay With Me. Uh, In 2015, Tom Petty said he had no hard feelings and that all my years of songwriting have shown me that these things can happen. In other words, he backed down. (laughs) Okay, that was so close. You guys are amazing. And it looks like, Julia, you are going to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Julia in our final round. And Dewanda Wise joins us from the Netflix series, She's Gotta Have It. I'll ask her what it was. Did she get it? And what does she gotta have now? I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, the automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares how Betterment's innovation can help Americans save. The real innovation for Betterment about a decade ago was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra-wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tax strategies, that includes dollar-cost averaging, that includes taking a long-term view and not getting distracted by market volatility. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. And what Betterment did is they basically said, no matter the amount of money you have, it's always good to be invested. It's always good to start early. It's always good to save. And the power of being consistent in your habits is really the path to long-term wealth. Learn more about automated investing and saving at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Support for NPR comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our first special guest stars in the Netflix series She's Gotta Have It, based on the original Spike Lee movie. Please welcome DeWanda Wise. Hello, hello. In Brooklyn, no less. Yeah. So I read that you Uh got in trouble in high school. Yeah. And your high school teacher offered you a choice between serving detention mm-hmm. or auditioning for The Music Man. The Music Man. What did you do? I was late. 
every day. Every day. Like just socializing in the hallway, yeah. just hanging out, just generally being the worst. And so finally your high school teacher was like, I'm coming down on you. He decided to like be my dangerous minds, you know, be my well, like I, Michelle know. Pfeiffer. Um, right. And you know, it was, it was very simple. He was like, I see promise in you, you know. Oh, so it was someone that saw potential in you. It wasn't... He did. He yeah. really did. And you auditioned. And I auditioned. You know, I sang a song that I don't remember. Um, and I feel like I was like one of the pick a little ladies. Um, you know, musicals are not my forte exactly. <laughs> but you, you did this one. But I did it well enough. Yeah. You co-star in a new movie called Someone Great on yes. Netflix. With... <laughs> With Gina Rodriguez. I did. And you have known each other for a long time. I have known Gina half my life at this point. Uh, we trained together at NYU. She was my first manager. What do you mean manager? So, so Gina, I'm putting her on blast. So Gina started interning at this like boutique management company. And she gave herself an alias, like a fake name, to pitch herself. <laughs> like she's always been... Such oh, a hustler. So she's an actor and she needs money, so she works as an agent on so the other side. So she works as an agent. Yeah, we were all interning. Like, I was interning at a theater company yeah. in college, and she was interning at this management company, and I was her first client. <laughs> so she pitched Never you. Never missed an appointment. <laughs> and did she get you any jobs? I don't think so. Uh, but that's amazing. I mean, that's, that shows real tenacity, too. Thorough. Amazing. So She's Gotta Have It is coming back for season two on it Netflix. Is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this series is based on the 1986 Spike Lee film by the same name. You star as Nola Darling, who is a sex-positive pansexual, doesn't believe in monogamy, right. my kind of hero. And I know from researching it that you initially turned down this role. Is that out? Sure is. Um, I did turn it down. Why? So I get the appointment... My husband of however many years it was at the time, speaking of polyamorous, I am not. So, <laughs> so he was like, you know, I mean, I don't know how I feel about you having fake sex a lot on TV. So it was a conversation. Then I taped for it anyway because I did marry a feminist. And then when it became a thing, you know, I found myself in New York with my director session with Spike. And Spike just goes off gate. He was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, oh, this is real. And so in that moment, I couldn't say, yeah, I hadn't had the conversation. Right. So I said, no. I said, (laughs) I just, I don't know how much couples counseling costs. Like I've never (laughs) had to pay for it, but right now I don't know if it's in the budget. So I'm going to have to say no. And then it was like that Friday night, the casting director texted me. She was like, hey, Spike is going to reach out to you. And I was like, Whew, okay. So then the next morning, I get this text message, and it's like, hey, this is Spike Lee. <laughs> and I was like, what is my life? Okay. So, so Spike texted you and said, are you doing this, basically? Yeah, like- and we had the conversation. Like, you know, over a couple of days, I read all the scripts. Um, my husband will not watch the show. He has not seen a single frame, and we are fine with that. He yeah. believes in my talent. I don't need his approval. That's great. Exactly. So we got our little system. The character of Noah Darling in She's Gotta Have It has been uh, making men feel uncomfortable. It's so great. Since she first debuted. They hate it so much. Yeah, 1986 made people uncomfortable. Now, 2019, she is still making people... She really is. ...men uncomfortable. I'm sorry to laugh with glee. It is. Well, I was going to say... Do you find it empowering on some level? I mean, I do. I find it really funny, mostly because I think anything that people, like, regurgitate... Yeah. Or, like, at this point, it just becomes cliche, right? Like, you don't even know why you think or feel that way. You're just regurgitating something, some, like, respectability politics thing. And it's just, it just makes no sense. Like, I'm not your wife. Right. Like... Why am I dealing with this? And this person this? isn't real. It's a fictional character on television. So. And they take it so seriously. They do, which is beautiful. I mean, on one part, you know, I don't think I've ever been in anything um, where people have been, like, had neutral feelings about. Right. This is a very strong feeling. Yeah. Uh, so you are in the new television reboot of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. Love a reboot. <laughs> 
Did you watch any of the original Twilight All Zone? All of it. All of it. So Every you were a fan? One. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you find them scary? Are you someone who found them scary or thrilling? No, I'm not scared easily. I did. I found them, you know, reflective. Like every episode, I was like, would I be the person that would leave the diner? Right. Or would I be the person who would get on the ship, you know, and get eaten? Um. <laughs> In an interview, uh, you were talking about your character in an episode of the Twilight Zone reboot, uh, and you were you said that you were surprised you hadn't played the role of Alexa Brandt before, yeah. because there's an element of your background that fits directly. Mm-hmm. And then I just saw a clip of the show, and okay. you're wearing a spacesuit. I am wearing a spacesuit. So I can you ex- clarify can. what this means? I can absolutely. When I was in high school, I was in. Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps. So I was in the JRTC. Oh. Um, and so I have like, and I come from a military family. I have a strong military background. I almost uh, joined in college, right, to pay that very large NYU bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was super duper close um, to being in the reserves. And I just, I've never played anyone who was either like former military or military before, which I was just like kind of surprised by. Wow, so what... Because it was on my resume, you know? (laughs) No one reads your resumes. If you're an actor, they're not going to read it. It's fine. They just like They're still going to ask if you could do that thing, and you're still going to lie and be like, absolutely. (laughs) I'm amazing at horseback riding. So did you not go the path of going uh, the military route because you discovered acting? No, I think I... Like, I discovered acting at 15, you know? And so I continued JRTC because I just... I loved it yeah. so much. What did you love about it? There's an element of performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, when you're doing, like, the drills and you're, like, learning all the... I mean, it's so cool. It's so beautiful. And also, I just... I do. I believe in service. I come from a service-oriented family. And, you know, when it's right, when it's under the right direction... <laughs> yes. Um, it's, you know, it means a lot. It means a lot to serve our country. Yeah. That's right. All right. Dewanda, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Ready to fail. Let's go. No, it's going to be great. (sighs) All right, Dewanda, your game is called She's Gotta Have What? All right. (laughs) (laughs) You're starring in a reboot of Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It. So for your game, we imagined what would happen if the show was rebooted again, but with a different twist. So I'm going to pitch you a reboot. Lit. And where we've replaced the it, and she's got to have it, with a word or phrase ending in it. Okay. So if I said, in this reboot, Nola adopts a pet bunny, you'd answer, she's got to have rabbit. Rabbit. I'm going to be so good at this. (laughs) And if you get enough right, Austin Bordlon from Marksville, Louisiana, will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Why is the Rubik's Cube on me? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. Nola becomes a violinist in a Broadway production and sits in the area below the stage where the musicians play. She's got to have pit. That's right, yep. She's got to have orchestra pit, that's right. (laughs) You're already basking in the glow of getting it right. (laughs) Doesn't take much. Nola becomes a preacher in this series named after the lectern sermons are delivered from. She's got to have pulpit? Yeah, is that's it? right. My mother is a lay minister. She's very happy right now. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She's giving you I thumbs got you, up. Boo. She's giving I got you a high five. <laughs> Nola teams up with UK Prime Minister Theresa May in an attempt to leave the European Union. She's got to have Brexit. Sure. Sure. Don't we all? <laughs> is this happening? Who knows? <laughs> And your final one, for some reason, Nola is sick of having perfect skin and tries everything she can to get a pimple on her face. I love popping pimples so much. (laughs) She's got to have zit. Yeah! You got them all. Congratulations, Dewanda. You and Austin Bordlon both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Yes! (laughs) Dewanda will be back later in the show to play another game. She's Gotta Have It is streaming on Netflix. Give it up for Dewanda Wise. Thank you. (laughs) Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In our next game, we'll change the lyrics of Carpenter songs to be about... Wooden things. 
Does the carpentry match the drapentry? We'll find out. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Nicole Pometti. You're a video editor for a production company, and you have a superpower. You can name all of the Best Picture Oscar winners off the top of your head. Yes, I can. Okay, so may I test you? Of course, please. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. 1951. Okay, so if it was the Best Picture winner of 1951, it was An American in Paris. But if it was the Best Picture of 1950 that was awarded in 1951, it was All About Eve. Correct. <laughs> can you do one more? One more? One more? Uh... <laughs> I love that you're like, no, no, I can do this. <laughs> 2013. 12 Years a Slave or 2012? Ugh, sadly, Argo. <laughs> sadly. Good. I like that I got some opinion in there. That's good. All right, Nicole, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Becca Stecky. You used to be a butcher. I thought this was so cool. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah. how did you get into meat mongering? So I needed a job. Yes. Um, Good reason. <laughs> it was a job as a clerk at a meat counter. And I got really into what all of the guys were doing behind me, cutting the meat and everything like that. And I started doing it myself. I mean, did you I have just, to train? Was there a... Well, yeah. I mean, you, I guess you do have to learn. There is like art to it, yeah. I would say. I mean, now you've moved on from that. I've moved on from that, yeah. I'm in grad school now. Right, so. for... For biology. Yeah, so it yeah. sort of was yeah. your... There's a, there's a connection there. <laughs> there a I connection. can't really say what it is, but there is a connection. Becca, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Nicole and Becca, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Let's go to your first game. This is a music parody game, so Jonathan Colton, take it away. We rewrote classic songs performed by the Carpenters to make them about things that are made with wooden materials. Ring in to guess what I'm singing about, and if you're right, for a bonus point, you can guess the title of the song that I lovingly ruined. You ready? Ready. Okay, yep. here we go. Don't you remember you told me I'd be a real boy? Instead, I'm this messed up zombie puppet kid's toy. I try to be brave and truthful, but I got no joy. Each last show. In the size of my nose. Becca. Pinocchio. Pinocchio is the answer. That's right. And for a bonus point, can you name the original song? Don't you remember you told me you loved me, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the name of the song? It is not the name of the song. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's called Superstar. That makes no sense. Yep. (laughs) That's the Carpenters for you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, here's your next one. Different from a glockenspiel, it's wooden bars you hit with mallets. If you write an alphabet book, it's either this or x-ray. Becca. Xylophone. Xylophone, that's right. Can you name the original song? Absolutely No, no. That's called Let Me Be the One. And when I have to do some math I slide beads around this frame The calculator comes out the same I have to do some math Becca Abacus? Abacus is the answer That was sung at the speed of someone doing math on an abacus. Yes. (laughs) I thought I'd take my time and really sell that one. That was great. That was great. Uh, Can you name the song for a bonus point? No. That's called We've Only Just Begun. We tell jokes and wait for them to clap While you sit on my lap You sound like me But that couldn't be My lips don't Move. Becca. A marionette? I'm sorry, that is not quite what we're looking for. Nicole, do you know the answer? Uh, is it a puppet? A good. Can a you be more puppet? specific? Oh, huh. Charlie McCarthy, whatever he was made out of, a wooden. Yeah, all right, we'll give it to you. We're looking for ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> yes, That's there we go. Uh, 
Now, Nicole, I'm very excited to ask you this next question. For a bonus point, can you name the original song? Close to you. Yeah, that's right. I don't suppose you also know the artist who sang it. Is it the Carpenters? It is the Carpenters. (laughs) Okay, here's your next one. When you play the drums, beware. Always use a wooden pair. Otherwise, you might get chicken on your snare. (laughs) Becca. Drumsticks. Drumsticks is the answer. Becca, uh, for a bonus point, can you name the original song? Unfortunately not. No, no. That was Rainy Days and Mondays. I like the idea of musicians complaining about Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) This is your last clue. Every cup of hot chai, every churro smells nice. Every snickerdoodle, too, and granola you chew has spice. When your oats need a spark, you can grind up this bark. Take the challenge if you dare. But you might die And enough will get you high Becca Cinnamon Cinnamon, that's right (laughs) Becca, I hate to even ask Can you name the original song? (laughs) You shouldn't have even asked (laughs) Okay, Nicole, just for fun I actually don't know that one Oh, come on, Nicole that was yesterday once more by the Carpenters. Ophira, how did our contestants do? Great game. Becca is in the lead. If you almost got kicked out of William Faulkner's study in Oxford, Mississippi for lingering longer than allowed in an attempt to see his ghost, you should be on our show. Go to amatickets.org to find out how to be a contestant, and you can get info about our Nashville Roadshow on May 23rd at the Polk Theater. Coming up, I'll talk to Tay Diggs, who plays a dad without a dad bod in the CW series All-American. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Nearly 7,000 unsigned artists entered the Tiny Desk Contest this year. The judges picked one winner to perform behind the tiny desk at NPR's headquarters. And now, NPR Music is teaming up with NPR member stations to take the show across the country. Join the fun as the winner travels to 10 cities this summer, including Los Angeles, Brooklyn, and Chicago, for one-of-a-kind concerts with Tiny Desk Contest artists from each location. Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to meet the winner and buy tickets. Then check out the Capital One Venture X card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to Viore.com slash NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Nicole and Becca. Your next challenge is a word game. We mashed up famous books and movie titles to create some entirely new, not-so-faithful adaptations. For example, if we said, under the pseudonym George Eliot, Marianne Evans wrote this book about Antarctic birds... You would answer, Middlemarch of the Penguins. It sounds tricky, but the points are doubled. Becca, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Nicole, you need to get more points, or you have to read a book. (laughs) Okay, here we go. In this Charlotte Bronte adaptation, a young woman moves to Thornfield Hall and watches as a mysterious golden retriever named Mr. Rochester, helps a middle school basketball team win the championship. (laughs) Nicole is just nodding. No. No. Becca. So the movie is Air Bud. 
I think. Okay. Um, which means that the book by Charlotte Bronte has to end with air. Air. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple more seconds to work uh, it out. Summer air, bud. Oh, my. You are going to kill me when I tell you Autumn what the answer air, is. Bud. Okay. <laughs> Jane Eyre, bud. Oh. Oh. oh, wow. Oh. I was. Okay. Okay. Based on a Virginia Woolf novel that takes place over just one day, this movie follows a middle-aged woman as she plans for a most excellent gathering and encourages everyone to party on. Nicole. Mrs. Dalloway's World? Yeah, that's right. That was most excellent. (laughs) Here's your next one. In this Zora Neale Hurston adaptation... Janie Crawford's journey of self-discovery ends with a fight against a giant mutant reptile in the streets of Tokyo. Nicole, their eyes were watching Godzilla? Yes, indeed. My eyes were watching your eyes. Get that. (laughs) Satisfying. This is your last clue. An adaptation of the best-selling book of all time gets even more boring with a subplot about a minor league baseball team in North Carolina. Luckily, Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon are there to steam up the New Testament. Okay, long shot. The Bible Durham? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well done. Yes, Bill Durham, the only thing more overrated than the Bible. Okay, with that last answer, uh, Nicole pulled forward and is going to the final round. You know our next guest from How Stella Got Her Groove Back, the original cast of Rent, and he currently stars in All-American on the CW. Please welcome Tay Diggs. Well, hello. Hello. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. So, Tay, you've been in showbiz for 25 years. You've had an incredibly prolific career from Broadway to film to television. So let's go back to the very beginning. Okay. You know, you landed your first Broadway gig in 1994 in the revival of Carousel, which won the Tony Award. Right. Right. And then Audra, Audra and McDonald won as well. That's for, right. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then you originated the role of Benny the Landlord in Rent. Yes. <laughs> You were in Chicago. You were in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Hedwig. Yeah. I saw you. Oh, you did. I did. I feel close to you. That was a that was a crazy time in my life. So. So I saw you in an interview that you said it was an opportunity that kind of changed your life. Uh yeah one yeah it was crazy. I had just gotten divorced. Everything felt topsy turvy. Um, I had been a huge fan of that show but never thought that I'd get the, uh, the opportunity to be in it. And then uh, all of a sudden I got a call. And um, as I was listening to the offer, I was petrified. I mean, there's the accent, there's the heels, there's the makeup, there's, I mean, it's just right, you're so wearing dense. drag. Yeah. You're in high heels. Drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tight denim skirt. Sure, tucking your penis up places. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And... Uh, but, you know, as corny as it sounds, the most, the most gratifying, yeah. I thought that you were definitely the most muscular <laughs> Hedwig of uh, all of the Hedwigs. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. I was. I'm happy that, they, uh, that they, they allowed that. But I really w- was just tripped out that, that they even had the, the foresight to think in that way. Because I, I never, it never occurred to me that 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 was a possibility. Just For you to be cast. Or any other black person with muscles. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, so that was, uh, that in itself, uh, I thought I was very um, honored and humbled. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so we cannot not talk about how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> the movie, uh, uh, Hard to so Believe. old. Yes, 21 Man. years old. Yeah, Hard to believe. Crazy. You play in the movie a 20-year-old recent college grad named Winston Shakespeare and the love interest to a much older Stella, played yeah. by Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett. 
Not too shabby. Not too shabby. <laughs> I'm sure over the years and still you've had a lot of uh, aggressive um, women throw themselves at your feet. Well, not at my feet, but, but, but of this... I mean, I mean, it's not that dramatic. Hey, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but, you know, now that, that uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to have been around so long, now it's interesting because I get... Um, I have had people say, you are my grandma's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you are my grandma's favorite. <laughs> you are my grandma's favorite. Uh, you have a son, and you've written three children's books. Right, right, right. right. That's three cool. children's books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, called Mixed cool. Me, Chocolate Me, and I Love You More Than. Yes. What did you want to communicate to young readers through these books? Chocolate Me was the first book, and it's based on a time in my life where I was very young and black and in an all-white neighborhood. And all of the kids didn't understand why my skin was different than theirs. It was harmless, but they called it dirt. They, they, they asked me why I was dirty on one side of my body and clean on the other. And that's when my mother kind of flipped the script and, and called me chocolate and made me feel better. You know, uh, she made that five-year-old mind able to understand uh, self-esteem. Right. So that that's just had to do more with me and wanting to make sure that there was something out there for young people going through the same thing. Um, and then the second one was more focused on uh, my son's experience as a, a, a biracial young man. And, uh, and the third was just for people that are uh, away from their loved ones when they want to be closer to them more often. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I travel a lot. I yeah. should probably get that book. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> so your new show, All American, yeah. on the CW, yeah. also on Netflix. Yep. It's based on the life of the retired NFL linebacker, Spencer Pacinger. Mm-hmm. You play the coach, Billy Baker, right. at Beverly High School. Mm-hmm. You recruit Spencer, who yes. was uh, formerly the star at South Crenshaw High in Compton. And therefore, this is a big life change yes. for him. Yes. You know, this is all true story or based on uh, Spencer's true life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your character is a combination of a few people mm-hmm. from Spencer's life. Yes. Did you meet these people? I did. I met, uh, well, Spencer, uh, the main character, um, is, is on set. And, uh, you know, he created it. And then uh, I've met his father. His father was an actual high school coach, is an actual high high school coach, I believe. So I was able to meet all these people and have them all uh, accessible to me, uh, all the while, you know, while while bringing my own kind of flavor to it. So I'm having a good time. We just got our our renewal, the second season. We just we just heard about that. So it's it's great, you know. Uh, this whole getting older thing, it's, it's, I feel like I've just crossed over where it's, it's more fun. You know, I'm the oldest cat on, on, on set, and I'm with all these really, really good-looking young people. And uh, I'm playing all the practical jokes, and I'm, I'm silly. I'm the, I'm the silly adult. Wait a second. You're playing practical jokes on them? Constantly. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like what? Yeah. Uh, I like to scare people. Okay, lot. great. People don't like to be scared, but you, I think it's very funny. You mean like popping out of <laughs> someone? Okay, all right. Yeah. Like that made me so happy. She's annoyed right now, laughing, but annoyed. <laughs> all right, Tay, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Sure. Fantastic. Yes. Tay Diggs, please welcome your opponent, DeWanda Wise. Welcome, DeWanda. DeWanda, you're in an episode of the new Twilight Zone. Tay, you've written three children's books, and you both have recently appeared in romantic comedies. So we're going to play a special edition of a game we love on this show called This, That, or the Other. I'm going to give you a short plot summary, and you're just going to tell me if I'm describing a Twilight Zone episode from the original series, a romantic comedy, or a picture book from the New York Public Library's list of 100 great children's books. Oh, God. We're going to go back and forth. Yes. We're going to start with you, Dewanda. Thank God this isn't complicated. Okay, so Twilight Zone, romantic comedy, children's book. Here we go. Ready, ready, ready. Dewanda. All right. Someone named Alexander suffers an inexplicably high number of indignities... (laughs) Over a 24-hour period. 
children's book. That Why is a face? children's book. Yes, it is. That was yes, easy. Indeed. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, called Alexander the Terrible, Horrible, No yes. Good. Yes. I'm sorry, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Very Bad Day. <laughs> okay, Tay. Okay. A sentient house becomes depressed when the countryside is overtaken by urban sprawl. God. <laughs> Uh, uh, romantic comedy. <laughs> I love that. It's a meet cute between a country and a city. That is a children's book. That is a what, children's what, book. What, 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 what one? Book? It's called The Little House. Oh, okay. This well. book is told from the perspective of the house, and at the end, its new owner literally moves the house out of the city. And back to the countryside. I gotta get that one. Okay, Dewanda. A boy with magic powers becomes the center of attention in a small Ohio town. Um, Twilight Zone. It's sure a Twilight Zone, yeah. That could have been a kid's book. Well done. Called It's a Good Life. Yeah, that's when a a six-year-old boy with godlike powers rules everything. It's terrifying. Terrifying. (laughs) Tay. Yes. A Duke... From the 1800s, finds himself in modern-day New York. Okay, that's a, that's a romantic comedy. Sure yeah. is, it's a romantic comedy. That's right. Le- Leo, look, what is it? Yes. Yeah, I just saw that's that one right. just on TV. Cade and Leopold, that's yes. right. Starring Hugh Jackman as Leopold. Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Meg Jackman Ryan did rom-coms. Yes, yes, he did. he did, early he did. on. Okay, congratulations. Dewanda, you won that. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear those words. Yes. But clearly, you're both amazing. Thanks again to Dewanda Wise and Tay Diggs, who currently stars in All American, streaming now on Netflix with new episodes airing on The CW. Give it up for Dewanda Wise and Tay Diggs. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Julia Kaplan, who says podcasts need to be dumber. And Nicole Pomanetti, who can name every Best Picture winner. 1996. English Patient. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Julia and Nicole, your final round is called Set It Off. Every clue is about a song with a parenthetical in its title. I'll give you the artist and the parenthetical. You tell me the rest of the song title. For example, if I said Beyonce... Put a ring on it. You dancer, single ladies. The big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by DeWanda Wise and Tay Diggs. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Nicole is going first. Here we go. Nicole, the Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No. Satisfaction. That is correct. Julia, Aretha Franklin or Carol King, you make me feel like... A natural woman. That is correct. Nicole Kelly Clarkson, What Doesn't Kill You? Stronger. That is correct. <laughs> Julia Rihanna, In the World. Three seconds. Girls? I'm sorry, that is incorrect, but close. The answer is only girl. Mm. Jonathan, how are contestants doing? Well, so far the score is two to one, and Nicole is in the lead. Okay. Nicole Silento, Whip Nene. Uh, watch me. That is correct. Julia Ashanti, Ah Baby. Foolish? So close. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The answer is Rock With You. <laughs> Nicole Rupert Holmes, The Pina Colada Song. Escape. That is correct. Julia, the offspring, for a white guy. Pretty fly. That is correct. We're halfway through the questions. Jonathan, how are our contestants doing? Nicole is still in the lead. It is four to two. Nicole, Britney Spears, you drive me. Crazy. (laughs) That is correct. Julia, Darlene Love, baby, please come home. I'm begging you? Great answer. I feel like that came from within you. (laughs) The answer is Christmas. Never would have gotten that one. 
Ophira, here is the situation. The yes. score is now five to two. Yes. Nicole is in the lead. Nicole, if you get this next question right, you win. Huh. <laughs> Nicole, Alicia Keys, I'm ready. Fallen. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The answer is unthinkable. Now, Julia, I have to tell you, if you get this question wrong, you will lose the game. Okay. Julia, Lisa Loeb, I missed you. You won! (laughs) (laughs) The answer we were looking for was stay, (laughs) but huge style points. Huge style points. Thank you so much, Julia. You're awesome. Congratulations, Nicole. That's our show. Listen to the podcast every Friday and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Madeline Kaplan, Emily Winter, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Kara Weinberger. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seychow, and Rebel Wood, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hello, Nashville. We heard you love trivia, so this spring we're coming back to Music City. Join us on May 23rd at T-Pac's Polk Theater for an evening of puzzles, word games, music parodies, and a very special guest. Tickets and more information at amatickets.org. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, from Orange is the New Black, we have actor Taylor Schilling. She chats about playing a juggalo in the film Family and how it feels to portray Piper in the final season of Orange is the New Black. Plus a word game about everyone's favorite subject, geography. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. Capella's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. See how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.